Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. This is Paul Arnold, joined by Ernest Watts, and we're in the midst of early January sports mania. I just made that up because it feels like a very crazy time in sports. Football is almost done for college football. Pro football is just going great. But last night, Ernest, we saw something that I have not seen before, and most sports fans haven't, seen an ambulance go on the NFL field to take care of DeMar Hamlin, a safety for the Buffalo Bills, after what looked like not a terrible hit or tackle. Ernest, we started texting each other, and I think most people across the country did. What was your first reaction when you saw him just collapse down to the field? Well, it, at first I thought it was a normal hit, but you could tell the change in the announcer's voice. And when they mentioned CPR, that that made me know that it was it was serious in that respect. And it, it, a lot of things flew in my mind. I remember Christian Erickson, the soccer player for Denmark, who had a heart attack on the field about a year ago. And then I thought about Chuck Hughes when I was a child who died of a heart attack, a Lions player. I think it was the Lions versus the the Bears. I think I told you previously it was 70, it was 71. Ironically, his widow was watching the game last night in Texas. And and uh, she just, because her and her mother-in-law attended that game, and I had the same feelings in 2000. My, my sons were big Earnhardt fans. And when Earnhardt hit the wall in Darlington, I turned to my oldest son. And I had a feeling this is, you know, way before the internet had become as prevalent as it is now. It was about 30 minutes later before it came out, I think on SI.com. And, and you actually came over to console my youngest son. I always have been grateful for that but it was the idea that this was this was something uh way beyond something and when the ambulance went on the field that kind of reinforced it yeah that's a great comparison to dale earnhardt senior that was you know we we were so used to seeing you know nascar rough riding you know bang it up and not get in trouble but that just felt different the way they approached him in the car um, and how quickly Dale Jr. realized that that win came at a price that nobody, nobody could think of. Um, fortunately, at this time, when we're recording this about 24 hours later, um, DeMar Hamlin is in intensive care, but he's surviving as of now in Cincinnati, and our prayers go with him and the family. But as we talked about yesterday, I think we turn on sports for just a escapism, have some fun, not get too serious, but just, you know, it's sort of escape from other stuff. But then when you see life and death stuff happening, you realize sports is just sports. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the, the thing that was also that kind of struck me was how slow the NFL moved to uh, post on the game. Because I thought, and I think really it was the actions of the players because the the announcement that came out was they were going to take a five-minute break after the ambulance had left. And you could just see, particularly the the tight shots from the, the Bills players. Do you hear how, those beeps right now, the dings? 
Yeah, but uh, sorry, I thought it was my heartbeat. I know, I know. This is not. Uh, uh, what's the show before Part of the Confusion when they get points? Um, uh, uh, oh man, I thought you were. Uh, I, I wasn't. This... Yeah, I wasn't giving you points or anything. I am using my laptop, and sometimes when people text me, it, oh, I thought you were being... just getting a groovy, groovy cap there, like snapping <laughs> no. back to me. No, I know it's such a serious time. topic, and then my. Laptop starts dinging like crazy. Anyway, you were saying. Uh, I, you know, and then when they went to the 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 uh, locker room, I knew they weren't coming back out. I think the players kind of overruled the NFL and and that they weren't going to finish that game. And it's it's strange how the majority of support has come out has has supported those actions. One individual person has come out and kind of shot himself in the foot. A well-known uh, 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 confrontational program on Skip Fox. Bayless. Skip Bayless, name him. He's a yeah. He's Skip a dud, Bayless man. Just, just, I mean, totally. And when he he did one of those non-apology apologies, also. But it's the idea when we talk about human lives. The, the idea of games and competition takes takes a a step back and and now you've got a situation where the nfl said they're not going to uh play the game this week which leaves two options uh one is push this weekend's games back a week and play the game uh, uh during the weekend uh, the other option which i think is probably what they're going to do is is not play the game and let the records lay as they will, the Bengals and the Bills will play one less game than the other teams, which would make the game against the Ravens on Sunday a divisional game for divisional uh, championship, which will get the home game at home, uh, home field advantage first round. I think it makes the most sense is just not play the game and just let them have uneven records. I think so. You yeah. just never seen something like this before, and just look, let them call the game, let it be done. So yeah, that's why yeah. I, I mean, you can't call it like a baseball game and say, you know, the score is seven three, Bengals win. I just, you know, wipe it off. They'll have a, they'll play um, sixteen games, and all the other teams, the other twenty eight teams, will have a seventeen game record, and they'll let it go like that. I mean, I think that's that's. This is something beyond uh, anything anybody ever anticipated. Uh, to move it creates a logistical problem. Uh, you get away with the the uh, week between the conference championships and the Super Bowl, and oh my gracious, we'd have to eliminate that flag football Pro Bowl game. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a shame? Please, just get rid of it. Yeah, I mean, just I just. just I wouldn't push this back another week. Just let it well, go. Share the story from 1970. Um, in 1970, I was eight years old, and I didn't know about this situation because I texted you. I said, "This has happened before," and you said, "Oh yeah, somebody else has died on the field." Tell that story. Okay, this Chuck Hughes, and it was in the fourth quarter, and he hadn't played all year, and they're playing in Old Tiger Stadium, and I believe it was the Bears and the Lions. And Hughes caught his first pass. They put him in the game first time of the year. Caught his first pass. And uh, the Lions are trying to make a comeback. 
And uh, then he slumps over on the field. Well, they come attend to him. And you couldn't see that much back then because back then, all you had was two cameras, uh, one at each 40. You didn't have the slow, you know, you didn't, you had instant replay, but it was a distant shot. You didn't close up shots or anything. Well, they put him on a gurney and they pull him to the side. And, as, and, and he died on the field because as they're wheeling him out on the gurney, his, his arms fall down, you know, limp. So they couldn't bring an ambulance onto the field during the game. So they just pulled him in a corner. And there was only like two or three minutes left of the game because he was already dead. And uh, again, a lot of this information came out afterwards, but you could, you could tell, you could see the gurney being pulled and the arm fall out of the sheet. And they just covered his body because all they did was, you know, take the face mask off. They kind of left his body with the uniform on in the corner for the game to finish before uh, post-mortem. And you know, at that time, the NFL wasn't quite, it wasn't like it was now. It was a secondary sport to Major League Baseball. So this was kind of rushed under the corner. And he died of a heart attack, too. And it's, it's fat, interesting that all three of these cases, we're talking about Erickson and, and, and the gentleman last night, and Hughes all died of the head. Had heart well, Delmar hasn't died yet, so I, no, he I, hasn't it, died. But heart attack. It's it's hard. All three were heart attacks, which you know everybody's going to try out the brutality of, of football, and uh, yeah, it takes a toll on their bodies. But I think they all had heart conditions that that could not be detected beforehand, and that's that's the. It's it's again it's it's the real life that we get into. We get into sports, and certain players don't do well on our fantasy teams, and we get mad, and we don't realize these are guys that are uh, shortening their lives uh, at a high price, and and there is a risk in those situations. And you can be healthy as you can do, but if you heart has a defect that can't be detected, you know, I'll, luckily. Uh, in the case of Christian Erickson, he had heart surgery. He recovered. He actually played in the World Cup for for um, Denmark. I don't know the future of, of this young man, and nobody knows. As I understand, the last report I got is uh, they do have him on a breathing tube. But all you can do is, is all of us collectively hopefully pray for him. And again, uh, how that game turned out, that's inconsequential at this point. I, I do think ESPN handled it with the dignity and the gravitas that was needed in this situation. Right. I think they did. I, it was very hard to broadcast. We talked about um, Buck and Aikman were struggling because all the emotion. Imagine 70,000 people watching that together and then they throw it to the um, studio in New York, and you got Susie Kobler and Booger McFarlane and um, Scheffler. And they were all, their eyes were sort of like, wow, you know, this is this is bad. So and we, a, we a, pray a for the best kept, for tomorrow. Yeah, that came out, I'm sorry, Paul, a part came out afterwards was they all had access 
to closer shots than the rest of us, which, which again, I applaud ESPN. I think there's only one replay that was showed of the hit, and that was before the ambulance left, and I think that was before they realized uh, the extent of the injury. It wasn't like when Lawrence Taylor uh, broke Theismann's leg, which they replayed a thousand times that night. I think they understood the the seriousness. Like I said, only, now you can go on the internet, you can see replays of it if if you want to do that. But I think ESPN handled it about the best way they could have in that situation. Right, Bob Costas was on CNN today, and he said it's really not about helmet safety. You know, because if this guy had a heart defect. It's like basketball players. Every year you hear about a basketball player who's running down the court and just all of a sudden has the heart attack and and Did die. You? So that was Bob Costas' take. Um, Hank so, Gathers is another one. Yeah, Hank Gathers. And then even my wife asked, you know, there's going to be a lot of questions like, was this guy taking supplemental drugs to, and was too hard on his heart? And But that's, that's a discussion for another time. Right now we just... Pray that he gets better, and if he's in an ICU um, and I work at a hospital, he's getting all the care he can get, and they know what to do, and really the next 24 hours is the most important because if he can get a real steady heartbeat and then his heart can handle breathing, then he's in a much better place. So we'll keep him in prayers. Um, the other thing that we talked about last night when we were texting, just really a culture entertainment news is jeremy renner uh being injured in a snow clearing accident and the details came out today that he had like um he stopped his snowblower to help a guy who um his car broke down and the snowblower wasn't completely turned off and and hit him is that what you heard too yeah it went over his leg and it hit him he uh chest trauma that's the he stopped to help someone who was stuck in snow. That that's the same story I've heard, also. And they've been, for those of you who are not familiar in the MCU world, he's Hawkeye. He also has a, a big program on Paramount Network called the Mayor of Kingstown, which is about a warden of a prison. But yeah, uh, you, you just kind of wonder with these types of things that again we hope some prayers out to him and his family you don't you know the most important thing is him being stable because he's still in critical condition also right i always thought he looked like an american version of james uh um, not james craig um the uh, guy who plays bond um daniel craig daniel craig yeah sort of that pug nose tough guy but a good actor um, and we hope the best for him. It's so, it's fascinating. He is referred to in Knives Out. <coughs> Jeremy Renner? About, yeah, they talk about Jeremy Renner's barbecue sauce. Really? Yes. Huh. This is way before the all this had happened. But yeah, it's kind of the name drop. Is this where I do my quick review of Glass Onion? I haven't seen yet, so I don't know if I want to hear your review yet. Well, so. I'll, I'll keep, the, I'll keep the, the the big reveals out. All right, go it's, ahead. We're here. Okay, it's it's uh, oh the the uh, cameos are all over the place, and I won't even get into that. 
But it's kind of uh, on an isolated island with an Elon Musk type of guy who plans a mystery night where everyone selects, you know, they play detective and then a real murder happens. And uh, he, uh, Blanche Blanc, has to, uh, again, uh, find out who the murderer is. And, and kind of like uh, Knives Out, it's multi-layered and a lot of... Uh, 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 previous situations. It's, it's not linear, to say to speak, the, the movie. But it's well done, and it's as much comedy as it is action. I highly recommend it. That's only on Netflix. It was in the movie theaters for two weeks, and then they decided they wanted to get more subscribers than box office sales. Much, much better than Top Gun Maverick, <laughs> which I'm going to tell you steals the plot of... Uh, Oh, what's the? Uh, I just blanked out on the name of the movie. Uh, it it steals. It's the same plot as uh, the movie with. Um, uh, oh man, uh, this is bad. Behind uh, enemy lines. No, no, no. The the parody of the first movie. With. Uh, oh, so I I saw Maverick. I thought it was pretty good popcorn movie. So well, I didn't care about the plot. I just wanted to see action. So. It's, it's the plot of a comedy movie. Uh, and I'll remember it after. With Lloyd Bridges. Oh. I'll remember it after a while. It's the Zucker Brothers. Well, my wife has taught me not to analyze a movie for at least two hours after it's done. She says, can't you just watch a movie? And I'm like, okay. She I'm doesn't want trying. you to suffer from the recency bias. Recency bias says basically the last thing we eat, touch, taste look at we consider the best ever because it's fresher in our mind that's why i can't remember the the movie that has the same plot as top gun maverick yeah hot shots that's it hot shots it's the same plot as hot shots let's go back to the college football world and where i live we are conflicted we had a great year with the university of michigan and yet, all year long, the defense of Michigan would shut down every opponent in the second half. Just shut them down, even Ohio State. So I did not anticipate, despite the speed of Texas Christian University's wide receivers, I did not anticipate them, you know, hanging 50 points on Michigan's defense. And I, you know, I want to say, hey, the ref didn't call any offensive holding. But the reality was Michigan had too many turnovers and they still only lost by seven. You know, so considering how many times they turned it over, they were closer than they should have. And they blew it themselves. They showed their inexperience. And Harbaugh calls a trick play when they're down on the one-yard line. I couldn't believe that part. But, hey, you know, how many hundreds of teams would want to be in the top four teams two years in a row? So we're happy with that up here in a way, but um, I guess we're also really relieved that Ohio State lost. And if Ohio State had gotten in instead of Michigan, ooh, it'd been rough around here. But we're rooting for the dogs now. Come on, dogs! You can well, you can now, win it all. It didn't help that McNamara, your quarterback. No, uh, no, 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 not McNamara, McCarthy. McCarthy, sorry. I got too much politics in my head. No, you know, McNamara was the guy who just transferred away and yeah, started transfer. last year. Okay. It didn't help that he kind of ran his mouth about if they come out in the 3-3-4, we're going to show them what Big Ten football is all about. 
that became bulletin board material. Also, when you get inside the red zone three times and have nothing to show for it, three missed field goals or two? Help my memory out. I'm two old. missed field goals, but it was they were down on the one-yard line one time because um, they got down there and they couldn't punch in. The other time, the guy caught it. Wilson caught the ball. His butt hit the one-yard line, but he hadn't caught the ball yet. So he actually caught the ball in the end zone with his butt outside the end zone, and they looked at his butt instead of the ball. I guess that's a specific. So Michigan, we're not happy about that, but that one call didn't blow it. They fumbled it the next play. I was going to say, at that time, you thought, well, we got on the one-inch line. We're going to push it in. I mean, you don't really worry about that until after the fact in that respect. But they, they, we're glad that at least they didn't fold. They came back in the second half and almost, almost pulled it out. But yeah, that was just an interesting game. And now Harbaugh, the rumors are he's he's willing to go again. And somebody asked me why is Harbaugh talking to the pros. And I said, you know, college football is all year long. There's never a break. And I think he's been watching his brother John. He knows that. Even though you have a lot of pressure as an NFL coach, there's more money, and you don't have to deal with snotty kids all the time. It was shocking to me that, that his brother and Tomlin have the third most games played against each other, the, the third highest rivalry. I mean, Lombardi and, and uh, uh, the, the Bears was first or second or Hallis? something. Yeah, Hallis and Lombardi had like 10 years or something like that. It's just amazing. You really don't think about, I mean, Tomlin's been there. Tomlin's been there actually longer than Cower was there. And Harbaugh is like, you know, I know he's got one Super Bowl, but you, you kind of you tend to forget how long he's been there. That rivalry truly is, is, is amazing. that They've been there that long and, and been successful. Almost every year, I mean, taken for granted. They always play those twelve nine games, but but it's still it's amazing. But I again, listen, you make it uh, to the final four. That's a that's a win. That's a great season. Now, if by chance Ohio State had won and they win the national championship, would you still say it's more important to beat Ohio State? Yes, I knew you were going to say that because okay. last year at the same time you asked me the question and I said, yes, for bragging rights around here, it's more important that they be Ohio State than the national championship. Now, I have to admit, the second go-around, after beating Ohio State two years in a row, Michigan was feeling a little full of themselves. Chesty. And I, a little chesty. But I thought about it. I still feel that it, it's, it's bragging rights all year round. National championships, I have to admit, is, yeah... I don't know. Because they hadn't won in 11 years last year, I think it was bigger. This year, I think we were ready to say, hey, could we have a chance at the national championship? I don't know. We're in the abundance of riches up here right now. I think so many teams would would love what Harbaugh's done here and love to have so much donor wealth um, to help fund the NIL money. Now, in the second game, I found two plays... Uh, pretty much changed the course of the game. The first was the dropped touchdown by Marvin Harrison Jr. in the end zone that initially was called targeting. 
which is a third down, which put him out of the game. And when they slowed down the video, you could see the shot was shoulder to shoulder rather than helmet to helmet. And Ohio State went kicked field goals. That's a four-point difference right there. The other was the faked field goal by Ohio State, which the staff at Georgia recognized. Now, they were up 12 points at that time, and they got a real late timeout, so much that Ohio State ran the play and actually picked up the first down. And they granted the timeout to Georgia. Ohio State pulled back, didn't run the fake, kicked the punt, because they would have been up 12 and a possession of the ball and been on almost at midfield. And the Georgia assistants had recognized the formation and recognized that a couple of players normally weren't on the punt team were on the field. And I think those two plays, more than anything, kind of tilted the momentum away from Ohio State. Because when Marvin Harrison Jr. was not out there, they really didn't have a big, reliable wide receiver because they you know, didn't do that much on the, the running game. Now, Georgia, again, top defense in the nation, and they gave up 40 points also. So I think that long, you know, I'm not a big fan of that six-week delay. I wish, and I, I'm pretty much sure when they go to 12, it, it's going to start a lot sooner, the playoffs. Because I think 12 weeks, you just lose all your momentum. You don't. I mean, and the problem is everybody will look and say these were great games. Defensively, nobody stopped anybody. Yeah, that nobody. was the thing that struck. Everybody scored over 40 points. And you think these are the best four teams in the country. And you think, wow, does that mean that offense was able to create new plays that defense had no video on? Why was the offense so much more in control than the defense? You saw a, a TCU team run on a Michigan team like no team had run all year. You saw a TCU defense give up more points than they had. You saw a Georgia defense. Now, the best linebackers out, Carter's injured on the defensive line. But still, look at the amount of time that their quarterback had to throw the ball. I mean, they got a few pressures on him, but he had time to sit in the pocket and throw. And even though uh, Ohio State took the best tight end, Bowers, of Georgia out of the game, uh, Georgia had enough resources and were able to run the ball on a pretty good defense also. I just think defenses were, were affected by the break more than the offenses. So we say in other sports, whoever's hot at the end wins. It seems like to me TCU is hotter and peaking more than Georgia right now. They lost their last game. How can you say they were hotter? They, well, the way they played against Michigan, that's what I'm saying. They Ohio, State, Ohio State played much better against Georgia than they did against Michigan. Yeah. They looked the better. I mean, Georgia, look at the numbers. They were lucky to pull that out. So what are you saying? Who are you picking here? Oh, in the championship? Uh, yeah. It's a 13-point it's a spread. I think Georgia will win by 10. I think TCU won their game. It's kind of hard for them to get their momentum up again. They had so many people question them. And I think the, your quarterback's remarks about 
We're going to show them what Big Ten football was. I think that kind of united them. Their quarterback didn't play that well. His numbers were averaged at best. But special teams more than anything else. Uh, again, I think Georgia, I think it'll be a I think it'll be over by halftime. I really do. Wow. Well, I don't think it's gonna be over by halftime. I think it will come down last four minutes, three minutes, and even though Michigan lost, those are very entertaining games, both of them. We talk about how the NFL playoffs last year were just so amazing, all these great games. But I tell you what, the college football was amazing. Now I'm encountering more and more people that really don't care about the NFL anymore, just like college, and that's it. And I'm going to jump one more topic before we wrap up today. We're going to keep it sort of short. Ernest has had a long week. Um, and and that is the latest rumor coming out of college basketball that they're thinking about expanding the March Madness to, Ernest, how many number are they going to expand it to? They're thinking 90 or 70. Which 90. Is they're thinking 90. about going from 68 to 90. Is that a total money grab? Or is it just say, hey, everybody come into the NCAA? It's a way to establish coaches' jobs. Because if you don't make the tournament and you're in a top five conference, you're at risk at losing your job. Goodbye, it, NIT, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure this will end the NIT. Because there'll be nobody with a winning record left. That's it's so crazy. I I'm not sure I like that ninety teams. I, I don't know if you wear out the teams before they get to the finals. It's another week, so we're pushing uh, the um, final forward about April, the week after the Masters or the week of the Masters. Would you have to move the Masters? See, that's oh, maybe why. Have, that's yeah. why Jim Nance is ending his March career. Run. I mean, you do not start the the season earlier or cut back on games. Now they're not going to cut back on games because that's revenue. So you're going to see the season go into April, deep into April. I don't see them going head to head against the masters. They can't CBS won't allow that. So you're talking about two more weeks of college basketball. So does that mean no more powder puff games early in the year? Because every team plays these warm up. Oh, Oh, they'll still do that. That's revenue. That's money. And they still, that's not going to lessen their incentive to pad their record. It just means you're going to have whole conferences go in pretty much. I mean, you're, you're doubling the field practically. Right. So whole conferences will go in. And I don't, I mean, you look at the first and second round, there's a lot of empty seats. Yeah, yeah. And the price has gone up. When I started going to the tournament in '79, that first and second round was was twenty bucks, and now it's one hundred and seventy. That's a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, it's. I I don't think it's a dollar grab. Uh, uh, I don't think they'll get that much of an increase because now CBS shares the contract with with TBS. Uh, I think it's more to ensure. I think this is driven by the coaches for job security. Hmm. I can believe that. Yeah, that's that's what I think because that's what coaches, you know, they come back with. Well, at least we made the tournament. We made the tournament. I get to keep my job. So that's what I'm going at. Yeah. But but you know, if you're gonna let guys go to pros earlier and earlier, 
you don't have kids staying for four years. I think that's what really hurts college basketball more than anything else is the inability to to foster relationships with watching kids grow up. And one good year and they're gone. And I'm sure with the next contract with the NBA and the players union, they're going to eliminate the the, a, the at least one year of college. I think they don't go straight. A lot of them are now going to the elite team at the NBA, uh, NBA and, uh, excuse me, the Development League, uh, the Gatorade League. Oh, I hate to call it that. Or Europe. So you know, I think it's going to water down the quality of it. Right. Well, well, let's wrap this podcast up. Usually we try to go for an hour, but 30 minutes is a good time, too. Ernest, your final good minutes? Oh, wow. Um, I wish everybody a happy new year. Um, you know, calendars are arbitrary. Uh, the Chinese calendar doesn't start until February. The Jewish calendar doesn't start till September. But every day is a gift, and you got to look at it. Uh, I'll steal a Ted Lasso line since uh, David's not here to do it. I uh, can't do anything about the past. Don't know what the future will bring. They call it present for a reason because every day is a present for each and every one of us. Very nice. Good old Ted Lasso. Yes, when, a little Ted Lasso. When Michigan was losing at for TCU, we switched over at halftime to Ted Lasso for a while to get my son in a more positive frame <laughs> of mind. Um, but um, those British people don't mind the F word. That's all I'm saying. No, the rest no, of it no, was no. the C word too. Also, it, the, yeah. you know, the, the, it's a, it's a very funny program and most time it's pretty clean, but boy, the language is like, what? Well, uh, they're going to show edited versions on comedy central. They just might be 10 minute programs. Uh, <laughs> but then no, again, it's a lot of dubbing. But then again, I see South park on the, uh, uh, the, uh, the what's it called? The freeform, whatever it is. The who form, knows how many the, are there? I was going to say the former uh, Pat Robertson Network. The old <laughs> Pat Robertson Network. I see South Park on there. And I go, wow, wow. Uh, but then again, you have commercials for down there these days. So, wow. Well, let's try to change topic a little bit. So, okay, sorry. Yeah, I know. Well, I started that. But devilish thought. <laughs> about how precious our time yeah, is. Right. I well, my commercials. So, and I'm going to do a shout out at the end to the guys who've been co hosts over the last three years with Ernest and I. This, I'm not, this isn't the last program, but I'm just going to do sentimental here for a second. I started this podcast three years ago because my wife knows that during the winter I would get really depressed and, and people I really enjoyed hanging out with were not in town anymore. So, um, I started calling them, and we called the Great American Man podcast. And for some politician was doing something very similar, so I switched to part of the confusion, uh-huh. and um, and just had a lot of fun. And for Nate and Travis and David and Chris Daniel, um, those guys joined us at different times, and we had fun. Sometimes it was fun to have three people in the booth, but we were never in the same room. We've always done this remotely. Sometimes with good quality and bad quality. But I just want to say thank you to all those guys. Brought me a lot of joy. And most of all, thank you to Ernest for being a great friend for these many years. And that um, you always need a friend that will tell you how great you are and also tell you how wrong you are sometimes too. And 
I just you appreciate. Sure this, you sure this is not our last? I know this Lego feels like the last, but it isn't. But right. I was just wrap up this last year of podcasting, uh, just saying that, and we're still going to do podcasting. It may not be as quick as we've done it before. Maybe we'll rebirth a different brand. If we did a, a new podcast and stuff out of the confusion, would be two grumpy old men or uh, make sports great again? Oh no, no! <laughs> Ouch! Oops! Oops! All right, but anyways, you brought uh, the subject up, so I did. I, I did. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. Or maybe it should be called Tony Romo's hair. I don't know. I'm watching a subway commercial as we talk. So well, that's, um, that's better than the Max whatever show that ABC was pushing all through the uh, the medical reports last night. Is every other commercial that and and yes. And subway commercials. Yeah. So all this to be said, the reason I'm wrapping up is just want to say thank you to those guys. And if there's some listeners I don't realize you're out there and you'd like us to keep going, I'm shamelessly asking for an email. So email me at gobluearnold at gmail.com. And for Ernest Watts, this is Paul Arnold. Have a good night.